Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, three and out podcast. Just got done watching a little overtime football, a little free football. That was a great game, uh, extremely entertaining, and we will definitely dive into that off the top. I mean, Justin Herbert, Drew Brees. Uh, that was that was a riveting second half. Really, it was a riveting game. I have some thoughts on Herbert. Uh, I mean, we've talked about him before, but we'll just keep hammering it home. Some thoughts. Uh, I guess I don't have that many thoughts on the Saints, but you know Drew Brees is kind of getting crushed, you know, on social media that he shot. Uh, we'll dive into that. Obviously, Dak Prescott broke his ankle. Devastating. Atlanta fired their GM and their coach. The Steelers keep on winning. The the Browns almost called them the Brownies. Uh, Stefanski can coach, man. Uh, some thoughts there. Middlecoff mailbag at of course at John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle, at John Middlecoff. It's the People Show, and we answer your questions right here on the show. Uh, I said last week, I think on Friday, that this was going to be my last time on Collins' feed. It might be a week away. 
So you still got a week. Go to Three and Out Podcast, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, wherever, and and sub- subscribe to the podcast. I wasn't trying to pull like an okie doke. I really thought it was, uh, and you'll figure it out later. I'll explain it as time happens. Uh, it's really not that crazy. I mean, it kind of is, but we'll t- we'll figure it out. But just podcast be normal this week at John Middlecoff is my Insta. Slide up in those DMs. Three and Out Podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever the hell you listen to podcasts. Someone told me about this app that Tesla has. I need to ask Colin, or I mean, he wouldn't know, but someone uh, in the production team, if we're up on that on the Tesla app. Uh, and yeah, leave a review if you like the podcast. Greatly appreciate it. It helps subscribe, leave a review, all that stuff helps with the podcast, helps uh, to sell it. You know, it helps put uh, food in my belly. So let's start with the game. And like football, and I just think sports in general, there's been this huge push to make everything so analytically driven, like we're running one big Fortune 500 company. And listen, I'm not anti-numbers. I'm not. Uh, I think it's overrated, like analytics making this new stretch into football. Like they've always played a huge role. Why do you think everyone goes to the combine? Like I, it, what do you think guys do? And what do you think the quality control guys do? They break down percentages of the packages everyone's in. So you know when it's third and long – what they do in certain situations by percentages to give yourselves a winning probability to get in the right looks. Like analytics have always been a huge part of sports and especially football. And I, I think sometimes it gets overblown by its impact. And I, and I think there's a large percentage of people and I've always prided myself on this. Like, listen, I, I mean, if we want to dive into the numbers, I have no problem doing it. But if you've listened to the show for a while, like I, I clearly don't need them to talk about it. And just to talk about sports in general, like I can watch any sporting event, whether it's baseball, basketball, obviously football, golf, you name it, and just have an opinion, whether the guy's good or not. And I think I have a really good feel for really, ta- really talented people, and especially when it comes to football. And I, I don't think I'm going to say anything that you didn't see, but sometimes I, I think we try to overthink it. And then it just hits us in the head, and it's obvious. And I said it when the guy was coming out of the draft. He was, listen, I, I clearly like Josh Allen. I mean, I think he's like an MVP candidate right now. I did not like him coming out of Wyoming, and I don't know how you could have. He wasn't accurate. He didn't win. Uh, he just wasn't a productive player. <laughs> he, just, he didn't make good plays, really. Uh, I, I just didn't see it. But I never disputed his physical tools, right? He's 6'4", he could throw it. A, you know, 100 yards, he has a absolute hose in terms of speed of his passes, you know, he was a big-time athlete, it was all there, you just had to mold him, and the Bills, Brian Dable, obviously Sean McDermott, the operation there has molded him, and turned them in, if you listen to this on Tuesday, they play tonight, uh, I would imagine he'll play well, but even if he doesn't, like, he's put together four really good games, like, the guy's a really talented player. Justin Herbert was much more accomplished, much better prospect coming out of college. He was 6'4", 6'5". He's a big-time athlete, meaning he can run, scramble, and he obviously has a massive arm. So, like, from a scouting perspective, that's kind of what you... And, and both those two guys fall into the same category. They're really high-character, smart guys. So, wait, you're telling me I don't have to worry about his work ethic. I don't have to worry about the way he acts. I don't have to worry about people liking him because all of his teammates love him. Uh, what do the coaches think about him in his previous stops? Oh, they rave about him. So, and then you tell me he's got all the physical tools. Like, I'm taking chances with those guys. And listen, we haven't seen Tua play, and I'm not trying to bag on Tua. But, like, from a physical standpoint, Tua can't hold Herbert's jock. Now, there were things inside the sport 
right at Alabama, he could do that Herbert couldn't do. You know, progressions, just the ability to like go one through four, scan the field. Herbert didn't do that in college. Herbert also didn't play with any NFL players. None. The majority of my life, definitely my adult life, like junior high on, probably late 90s, Oregon was a factory of skill guys. Wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. I don't think Herbert might have played with one in his collegiate career who is making an impact, I mean, who even plays right now in the NFL. Obviously, Tua played with like four top 15 picks. I'm not not trying to compare him to Tua, but my point is, I bet if you put Justin Herbert at Alabama, he would look fucking sweet. Because you put him with Mike Williams, you put him with Keenan Allen, you put him with Hunter Henry, now he's got a lot to work on, but it's pretty clear, like, holy hell, if you watch football all day Sunday and all day Saturday, and then Monday night you go, yeah, I didn't see many guys that look like that. Now, it's not perfect, but you just, I tweeted this during the game. There is not a soul on God's green earth, including Sean Payton and probably including like Drew Brees' family, that if they had to bet money on a team, that would take Justin Herbert over Drew Brees for the rest of the season. I'm not obviously the future one guy's way. I'm just talking the rest of the season. I'd much rather have Justin Herbert. So would Sean Payton. And listen, I'm not saying that Justin Herbert's going to sniff Drew Brees' career. But right now, like you just put the two guys on the same field. Like quarterbacks don't play each other, right? When they're they're never on this field at the same time. But the great part is when you just Patrick Mahomes versus Justin Herbert, you just get to watch the ebb and flow of the game, and you go, God, these guys kind of, you know, I see the physical tools or Josh Allen and and uh, and Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying these guys are Patrick Mahomes, but you just see the physical tools. You're like, ah, oh, they both are throw have howitzers on their arm. They that that is called elite talent. Once upon a time. Giannis was, you know, picked in the middle of the teens. He's developed into a multiple-time MVP. Like in basketball, sometimes you can get quarterbacks. Now, there's a lot of guys with the physical tools that never pan out for whatever reason. And we could probably pinpoint it. Work ethic, uh, toughness, I think is is an underrated quality we don't talk about. Here's what I know about Justin Herbert. That's a tough SOB. Why is Josh Allen working out? Tough. Why is Patrick Mahomes kicking everyone's ass? Well, he's tough, too. Like you can't excel at quarterback if you're not tough. It's a it's it's a no wuss position. You're you're soft. You will not be able to sustain play. It's just not possible. If you're flinching, if you're scared of the rush, and listen, I I would be scared of the rush. I think most people listening would. You see Joey Bosa. You see Cam Jordan. You see the size of Demario Davis. I mean, I I don't blame guys for flinching. It's why the position pays twenty, thirty, forty million dollars. It's why when you walk into a bar with your entire team, the the hottest girl in there wants to talk to you first. It's just it's part of the position. Like it's just it's why there's only a, a small handful of guys, and it's pretty clear this guy has a chance. I'm not saying he will be, but he has a chance to be. I mean, just a superstar. I think he's already a stud. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to overreact. It's October 13th, but rookie of the year. Like I mean, they're not going to win many games. It ain't his fault. I mean, they're on that final drive, you got three timeouts, and they ran a draw on the first play and had to waste a timeout. And then on the final drive before uh, overtime, and then they ended up kicking a 50-yard field goal. Like, this is my problem with Anthony Lynn. Stop being so conservative. Tyrod Taylor's not your quarterback. Phillip Rivers, who I'll talk later about in the pod, like, his arm's shot. It's over. He can't throw. I'm not saying anything that anyone doesn't know. You watch Phillip Rivers on Sunday, and you watch Justin Herbert on Saturday, you think to yourself, are they playing the same sport? Do you know what Indianapolis would do for Justin Herbert right now instead of Phillip Rivers? I'll tell you, they do a lot. 
And it's just, it's fun to watch a young guy that has a chance to like live up to this potential. And, and I think we can be critical of a guy like him because it's like, ah, oh, you know, I, I watched him in college. He was throwing to nobody. And I think we assume because he's playing at Oregon because historically a ton of solid players have come out of the program, but that wasn't the case when he was there. It, it just wasn't, you know? I mean, he wasn't playing with NFL guys. Now, Mario is doing an unreal job recruiting and they're going to have NFL guys. But during his tenure, especially the last couple of years, it just, it just wasn't the case. But he's right now with a coach that I'm pretty sure Anthony Lynn's not going to be the coach next year. So who, who's going to be the offensive mind you bring in to mold this guy? Because I was just actually texting with Gottlieb. Do you know what Sean Payton and Andy Reid and Sean McVay's and Kyle Shanahan, I mean, obviously, I know that Andy has one, but like those type guys, that's what they're looking for in a quarterback right there. Do you know what Sean Payton would do to get that guy next year to have when Breeze is gone? Like, let's face it, Breeze is... I admire Drew Brees for so many things. The way he carries himself, the way he acts, his entire career, his professionalism, everything he stands for. He, he's just been a model, you know, poster child. You know, he's not a child, poster man. I mean, he's 40. <laughs> poster, you know, face of the league, face of the league, right? With Peyton and and Brady and Roth, I guess maybe, he's probably more than Roethlisberger, uh, and Rodgers, but let's face it, if you watch him, like his arm's never been great. It's kind of shitty now. And on just basic passes, he's skipping them in the ground. He, he just, his, he's hung his hat on accuracy. And right now, with his arm strength, it's hard. Now, he's still smart. And like I said, his toughness is right there because he definitely can't move. So he has to beat you with smarts, toughness, just the ability to know what's going on before you do. But his physical skills, while they were never great, are basically really diminished. And we shouldn't be that shocked he's 40 years old. But it's safe to say it's kind of over. Like, their ceiling, and he's not the main reason. Their defense has been a problem. I'm not pinning their problems on Drew Brees, but he is a problem for them. Like, he, he's not their main issue. It's been coverage and guys wide open in their secondary. But Drew Brees is no longer that potent. Like, I, Drew Brees does not scare me. I didn't pull the trigger tonight. I almost put money on the Chargers. Which, plus seven, you would have felt pretty good when he went to overtime. But I almost put it on the money line. It was like plus 250. People ask me, like, what does that mean? It means if you put $100, you win 250, which is pretty good odds. And uh, I just watched the game like I had bet on it. I kind of pussed out, and I didn't actually bet on it. But I never at any moment was like, Drew Brees is going to beat me. I never thought that. Now, he still makes plays. I mean, he's an all-time great. He's a Hall of Famer. But I, I just don't look at him the same. And that's not like some shot. It shouldn't even be abnormal. He's 40 years old. He's 40. The difference of Brady, to me, between Peyton and Breeze, who both fell off like 39-40, is those guys' arms always sucked. They hung their hat on accuracy. Like, Brady has a much better arm than those guys. Honestly, it's why Brady has way more playoff success than those guys. Because when he plays in the cold, Brady historically throws ropes through the cold. When those guys play in cold situations, the ball doesn't quite go through the cold the same way. It's just uh, physics, maybe. I don't know. I'm just a state school grad. But it's it's pretty obvious to see. Like, I know this. Justin Herbert, if he, if he can become what I think we all think he can become, his balls will fly right through the cold because he's throwing 99-mile-an-hour fastballs. Now, he needs to develop some more touch. He just needs to keep playing. But holy moly, that guy is as – when you draft a quarterback in the top six, that's everything you ask for. Listen, th- this might sound a little crazy. And I like Joe Brady. I think Joe Brady's going to be a – I mean, a pro bowler. There's a chance that Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in this draft. And I know we haven't seen Tua, 
But I have a hard time seeing Tua being better than this guy. I, I, I do. Now, it depends. I mean, they got all these draft picks in Miami. Maybe they get him two sweet wide receivers, and maybe he is good. And I like Tua. But he gets injured a lot. He can't really run. His arm's not that great. Like, I mean, you, I mean, let's be honest. Just close your eyes and just think of what you watched Justin Herbert. Do you think Tua's going to be that good? <laughs> I mean, just that, like, pop off the screen. Because I would imagine most people listening is, have watched a lot of football in their life. That That's pretty crazy what we're just watching with Justin Herbert these last couple weeks. Like, that's not just like, wow, that's a good play. It's like, holy shit, what is this guy doing? Now, I know they're losing. I'm going to put that more on the coaching staff uh, and just the franchise. But, man, that was, uh, I enjoy watching Justin Herbert. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. 
That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo active cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Okay, let's dive into Dak Prescott. And it was, I mean, it's one of the more powerful scenes you'll ever see in sports. When a guy, and we see, you know, probably a couple a year uh, of just gruesome injuries. Of And I think the power of a gruesome injury, you hate to say it, is kind of dictated who the player is. You know, we see gruesome injuries, but if it's some random backup, you know, you just go, oh. But when it's the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, the internet shuts down, every person on their couch kind of goes silent. I can imagine every Cowboy fan kind of goes silent. And then the visual of his ankle sticking out the wrong way, the cart taking him away, him in tears. Like it just, if you're not moved by that, I, I, I don't know what to say. It was just, it's a powerful thing to watch, whether you root for the Cowboys or not, from the human side. Because at the end of the day, the NFL, its assets are humans, right? I mean, I'm watch. I got mad money on in, in behind me with Jim Cramer talking. Most companies, their assets, I mean, they have assets that are humans, but typically are products, right? Food, uh, electronics streaming services, whatever, like in football, your main, I guess Jerry has a stadium, but his main assets are his players. Like it, it wouldn't, it'd be irrelevant where they played if they were good, right? I mean, they, they could play in a shithole stadium if they were winning 12 games a year and competing for Super Bowls, like the, the assets he'd have on his team would be very valuable. And you could argue just this team has some very valuable assets. And the most important guy in the NFL right now is a quarterback. And I think this guy's story, as a, from a human uh, standpoint, is well documented. Some of the tragedy in his life. I love, you know, I've been a huge fan of just the way he conducted himself, just since he's been in the league. And I got a lot of respect for the guy. It was hard to watch, you know, a guy get carted off. And I, I'm not going to try to keep hammering home what I said about him overall. Is that I've always been kind of on the fence about how much money you would pay him, and that there might be, and we'll find out as the season goes. But like the just the reality and then just the physical nature of the sport leads to major injuries like this. He's not the first and he won't be the last. So like at the end of the day, you're taking a step back. Once you take 24 hours, 48 hours, like have, have we been given a reprieve because what were we going to do next year? Were we going to franchise him again? We did offer him a contract. And I think, I think one thing you see sometimes is like, this is why players fight for long-term contracts. Actually, he wanted a shorter-term contract. Jerry Jones offered him like five and six years. Offered him over $100 million guaranteed. Dak turned it down, which I commend. I've turned down money before thinking I was worth more. You know, we've all conducted business in some form or fashion 
whether it's a house, you lowballing a house, whether you you overbidding on a house, whatever, right? Any transaction you make, you know, of any financial consequence, let's say over six figures, let alone ten figures with it with an NFL quarterback, is an intense negotiation. And you can either think that it's worth more or worth less. And Dak obviously thought he was worth worth more. But he did make, and I Googled it before I press record today, he has made $36 million on the field. If worst case scenario, he can never play football again, he'll be okay. You know, think about, he's made $31 million this year. He's going to be okay. And one, reading the day, the prognosis, going to be a four to six month recovery. He should be able to play next year. But I do think, have you, anyone that bets knows, sometimes if you either get late to a game or just somehow screw up and you don't get a bet off before kickoff or tip off or whatever you're trying to gamble on. And whatever, like yesterday, I would have hammered the Chiefs. Would have absolutely hammered the Chiefs. I was thinking about betting on the Chiefs right before kickoff. I had a buddy that actually texted me like, bro, I'm going to put a couple hundred bucks on the Chiefs. And then he texted me, he's like, ah, I didn't get the bet off in time. And about halfway through, I'm like, I text him like, you're pretty lucky. And then he actually bet on halftime. But if he just, sometimes you get lucky in these situations. And we're going to find out Andy Dalton with all these weapons. I don't think Andy Dalton's as good as Dak. But I've struggled with healthy Dak if I was going to give him $115, $120 million. That doesn't, I, I'm just talking about the player. And the great part is when you get a high character, great team leader, all that stuff is really, really important. Drew Brees has it. Tom Brady has it. I think Peyton Manning has it. Those guys were elite players that you never hesitated giving elite money to. And I think for as bad as yesterday was, or two days ago now if you're listening on Tuesday, it really sucked. From a human standpoint, from a football standpoint, I actually think it brings in a lot more questions. Like, what do you do? Because you were already clearly on the fence with his value. And I think most people listening probably were too. You know, I I don't love paying Jared Goff. Hell, even Carson Wentz that much money. I don't like, do you see him with Deshaun Watson? It's hard. If I'm going to give premium money, there are like three guys in the league right now I feel really good about giving historic contracts to. Obviously, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. Other than that, like, part of Tom Brady going to Tampa, they only had to pay him $25 million for two years. Now, obviously, that's age, but, like, they're not tied to him forever. When you when you sign these Jared Goff, Carson Wentz contracts, you're tied for, like, four or five years. I Googled, and we'll get into the Falcons a little bit later. Last week, when Nick Mullins, before we turned out, turned out Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty bad, too, when we found out Nick Mullins is god-awful, I went, you know, I wonder if Kyle Shanahan would want Matt Ryan. So I Googled his contract situation. They owe him $50 million next year on the debt on the cap. So they can't trade him or else they'd, ha- they'd be paying on their cap space, have $50 million of $180 million taking him Matt Ryan. So hot take, newsflash, he's not going anywhere. Because remember last year, I think, or was it two years ago, they gave him over $100 million guaranteed. And when you do that, you're stuck. Now, with these older guys, they can diminish. Like, Dak is in the prime of his career. I just don't know, like, am I just paying that for mediocrity? Because I'm not winning with him. And I, I hate to say this because I'm not trying to beat a dead horse on a day that, and on a week that is, you know, his ankle flipped. It, it's awful. It, it really is. But that's part of the league. Like, I, I've been in these meetings. I've seen it. You just... It, it, the mindset just moves to like, do we need to draft a guy? Are we going to go back down this road? And I know what I would do. 
I would probably not that that hundred million dollar plus contract wouldn't be on the table anymore. I don't think I would even franchise him. Now I was thinking today. I just wrote down a couple teams. You know, Danny Dimes is a disaster. And with Jason Garrett in New York, you would think that the New York Giants, plus stealing a quarterback away from the Cowboys, maybe they get a little cheaper, would be interested. Uh, the 49ers, now, I, they would not pay him $120 million, But if they could get on the cheap, would they be interested in Dak? I think he'd fit in that offense. This is assuming, and I know Jerry and Steven have said all the right things today about he's the franchise, but, but words don't mean anything to me. Because you've been saying he was a franchise last year, and you actually think you're having second thoughts about that when you're giving him the contract offer. Because deep down, I don't think you feel great about giving him huge money, and I never blamed you. Now, this situation just gets, the water, the water gets really muddy here. And I don't have an exact answer. Uh, and I could see if you're around him every day, how you'd like him. Does Mike McCarthy, let's say Mike didn't like him, does he have enough juice when he's when his team's not really winning? We'll see if they can make the playoffs. You would think de facto they would just end up in the playoffs, but I don't know. I mean, Andy Dalton was successful on teams that were really, really talented in Cincinnati. This Dallas team, their offensive lines in shambles, their defense sucks. Like, I guess they could win the division at like six or seven wins. I mean, that sounds crazy, but it doesn't seem improbable. Uh, the Eagles actually have played a lot better the last two weeks. Maybe Washington Redskins. I mean, clearly Ron Rivera hates Dwayne Haskins. Kyle Allen's a backup. Could they be interested in Dak? You know, they've run, they've used an athletic quarterback before. Uh, but the number, like, I got no clue. I mean, I, I just think it's hard to sign a guy to huge cash that's coming off a compound fracture. It's it's going to be, he might need to sign kind of a lower-valued contract, maybe bet on himself again. Hell, what if Belichick? He did a little rehab with Cam, rehab it again with Dak. 2021, Dak Prescott, quarterback of the, of the New England Patriots. It's assuming Cam Newton... If he can ever test negative for the coronavirus, comes back and has a good year, and Belichick keeps him. But I know Belichick's not into giving quarterbacks a hundred million dollars, so it's just a fascinating situation that we no one has any answers on. And I'm just it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be very interesting to watch how this thing plays out. Okay, let's let's dive into the Atlanta Falcons, and I I think too often owners piecemeal it with a guy they like. And don't fire both the GM and the coach. So I, now listen, some Falcons fan would have been like, this should have happened a while ago. And I probably agree. These guys shouldn't have been brought back. But I give them credit for just firing both guys. Just blow the thing up. And I I think Raheem Morris named the interim. Who cares? All these guys are gone. As they should be. I mean, the coaching staff in Atlanta is awful. Thomas Dimitrov, I'll I'll say this. I've met him a couple times. I met him once at a Pac-12 football game. Uh, I met him when I was younger in the league, and he was really cool to me. I mean, he couldn't have been any nicer. Now, I don't think he's a great GM or anything, but he was really nice to me. And I, everyone I know that have been around him, they, they like him. Uh, I, I just don't think – he made some great moves. Like, he drafted a franchise quarterback, which he's fallen off a cliff. Matt Ryan looks awful, like Phillip Rivers. I mean, it looks like those guys' careers are over. But he drafted that guy, and, and it changed their franchise. It got him to multiple championship games. It won Matt Ryan an MVP. It got him to a Super Bowl, which, hell, they probably should have won. I mean, hell, they should have won. You're up 28-3. to He, I give him a lot of credit for the Julio Jones move. Bill Belichick told him, do not make the move. I have nothing but admiration for human beings that put their balls on the table. When you have conviction for something, sometimes in life you got to take a swing. When you think it's worth it. 
and he did all the work, and he traded all those picks to get up and get Julio Jones, and Julio Jones is going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, it, that worked. That was a smashing success, those two guys. Clearly, they've had a lot of other holes. And Dan Quinn, I, I, I tweeted this on Sunday night. You know the most miraculous part about Thomas Dimitrov's 13-year career as GM? And I think for one year he wasn't the GM or whatever, but let's just, for, uh, for argument's sake, let's call him 13 years as the GM. His two coaches were Mike Smith and Dan Quinn. Neither individual will ever be a head coach in the NFL again. It's not like his two coaches were like, yeah, he's hired Sean McVay and, uh, and Mike Tomlin, right? I mean, his two coaches weren't any good. Now, part of being a GM, it's more than the draft. It's hiring a head coach, and he hired those two guys. Now, I know Dan Quinn got him to the Super Bowl, and Dan Quinn seems like a really high-character guy, and I'm a bald guy, and I root for other bald guys. He's not a very good coach. He, he tried to be the defensive coordinator last year. He had to fire himself. He knows nothing clearly about offense. Like, he is at the control of whoever his offensive coordinator is. So they, they started over. I had an agent in football tell me the Atlanta job is going to be the best job. They have an owner with huge pockets. They have an owner that showed insane loyalty. Now they're stuck with Matty Ice next year. His dead cap's $50 million. But hell, maybe they could tank the rest of the season and be in position to get a quarterback. So, And Matt Ryan is the ideal type guy you would want around your young quarterback. I mean, they're 0-5. Now you'd think, just unlike the Jets, who are probably going to go 0-16, and the Giants, who might win one or two games, you would think Atlanta would run into three wins. You know, I'd say between three and four wins when all the dust settles. But you get to come in from scratch. You get to be the GM. What I'm going to be fascinated is he's going to go two ways. And I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to do this. Because if you hire the right coach, Pete Carroll, Andy Reid, Belichick, and you let them hire the GM, like when Andy was hired, he got to hire John Dorsey. When Pete Carroll was hired in in, uh, Seattle, he got to hire John Schneider. Right? Kyle Shanahan hired John Lynch. It's not going that well right now, but... It went. It had. It it was good last year. <laughs> I assume it'll be better sooner or later. Like you can go that route. Hire the big time coach. Obviously, there are just some names that get floated out there a lot right now. Urban Meyer, like had success in the South. I know he's never coached in college, but if he was interested, I would imagine Arthur Blank would be interested. And clearly, he's hiring his GM. Same with Dabo Sweeney. Now, would that work? I would say probably not. He makes huge cash at Clemson, but eventually, if they win another national championship this year, you get tired of coaching in college. Do you want to take your shot in the big leagues? Because, listen, I love college football. I watch college football all day on Saturday. Sundays are just, I mean, it's just a different level, right? It, it just is. So would Dabo ever be interested? I don't know. Jim Harbaugh, who his four years in the NFL, his worst year was 8-8. Eight and eight. He beat the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC Championship to get the San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl against the Ravens. Three straight NFC Championships. Like, his his resume hasn't been great at Michigan, but his resume with the 49ers speaks for itself. He did it with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick, too. Like, they were a defensive run-the-ball team. Now, I think that might be a question. Like, is he a dynamic offensive coach? Fair question. I'm just, those are names that I've pulled. Because I think you saw last year with Matt Rule, like, who is the big name? When I was in the NFL, Bill O'Brien was like the big name in college who had some NFL experience. I don't really know who that guy is right now. Matt Campbell, maybe at Iowa State, seems like a pretty big jump to me. There's not a guy in the Pac-12. Those are the three names that come to my mind. Or do you go like a Brian Gudikins? You hire an NFL guy who's a GM and let him hire his Matt LaFleur. 
you know, I think names that are would come with a GM, I think they would be interested in interviewing would be Brian Dayball with the Bills. Him and Josh Allen, if you're listening to this, we got the Bills are playing on Tuesday. They're killing it this year. He's been awesome. Arthur Smith with the Titans, also playing on Tuesday. I think he's going to be a hot name. His dad was the CEO of, uh, was it FedEx? I mean, he, and he's a kick-ass offensive coordinator. Eric Bieniemy with Mahomes and Andy. It's going to be a guy that gets a lot of love. Like, to me, those are the three internal candidates in the league that teams are going to hire. I Listen, I would not hire a defensive guy. I want an offensive coach. I want my head coach to call plays because it's a quarterback-driven league. So no matter if my defensive coordinator leaves or my offensive coaches leave, as long as I got my play caller and the guy that works for the quarterback, I'm going to feel I'm okay. And that look at Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Andy Reid, Sean Payton. Like, they're not like, okay, offensive assistants leave. See ya, good luck to you, Godspeed. Bruce Arians can call the offense and work with quarterbacks. I want LaFleur, offensive coordinator, work with quarterbacks. Like, I, I want that to be my head coach. That, that, to me, is the only thing I'm looking at. Because defensive head coach, the moment your offensive coordinator Sweetney leaves, like, you ain't calling the offense. You're not coaching the quarterbacks. And two things I think that probably put Arthur Blank over the edge. I think the Browns this year, I, I watched the game early Monday morning against the Colts, have been fantastic. Kevin Stefanski has been a home run hire. And who was he last year? One of the best offensive coordinators in the league. He's come to Cleveland. They already had the infrastructure there. They already had the players. They added a couple offensive linemen. And every game you watch them, and I, I bet Browns fans would admit they probably haven't seen anything like this in, I don't know how long, two decades. The, the flow and the rhythm of the play calling is fantastic. Now, they have a lot of great players, and he did last year, too, in Minnesota. But he has been a home run hire. So you go, well, the Dayball, Biennemi, or Arthur Smith, can one of those guys be this year Stefanski? Because I want this year Stefanski. Maybe we can just, you know, play within Matt Ryan's strengths. We still, Gurley's under contract, who actually looks good. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones. We got pieces on offense. Can we just score some points? Right? That that would be kind of my mindset. I'd be looking for that. I'd be looking at the Cleveland Browns, what they did, getting rid of Freddie Kitchens. And obviously, Dan Quinn is a lot more accomplished and a much better coach than Freddie Kitchens. But I'd want something like that. Or that would be an option I'd be looking for. And I think when I bring up the other names... You just got your ass kicked by the Carolina Panthers. And I, I I was wrong on them. I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Matt Rule can coach. Matt Rule's a big-time coach. There's a reason that David Tepper gave him $70 million. He he is. He's a star, man. Now, I he's a little Harbaugh Tomlin-ish. Like, one day, like, is Joe Brady going to get a job? Hell, do you, if you're the Falcons, do you interview Joe Brady? I think he's only 31, but Sean McVay broke down that glass door, right? I would have said, I, I did say, I thought it was insane hiring Sean McVay. Badass coach. I take Sean McVay as my head coach any day of the week. So I, I think you try to put the pieces together here. You look at Carolina, who just hired a sweet coach. They kicked your ass. That comes under that urban Harbaugh Dabo type guy. You know, he had one year NFL experience, but he had never been a head coach, never been a coordinator in the league. And to me, you hire a guy like that, typically he's going to have the juice to hire his own GM. But if you hire a Joe Brady, if you hire a Bienemy, if you hire an Arthur Smith, if you hire a Brian Dayball, I think you can get a GM that they like. Now, here's the key. Here's the key to success in the NFL. Your GM and your head coach have to speak the same language. They have to be on the same page. They have to kind of be friends, you know, or at least have a friendly working relationship. I can only speak to the one 
you know, I, I was there in Philly. Like, Howie and Andy worked well together. And now, clearly, Andy and Veach worked very well together. They speak the same language. John Schneider and Pete Carroll are a great example of two guys that are just on the same page. They're looking for the same thing. Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick are always on the same page. Now, that's, you know, he, he's an outlier. I think Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin clearly work well together. So ultimately, whether you go with the Harbaugh, Dabo, Urban, you're still going to have to find them a GM. And I saw it with Harbaugh, couldn't get along with Trent Baalke. So it's it's not a guarantee to work. If you hire a GM first and they hire a coach, like you just hope they get along. But you never know. And that's the biggest question to me in the NFL, beside like who your quarterback is. How is the relationship with your coach and your general manager? Do they have a good... Can they speak the same language? Do they look for the same things in players? Do they fundamentally look at building a roster, building a team, coaching a team, getting rid of players? Like, are they on the same page with discipline when a guy fucks up? Like, are they cool with just cutting an average player? Some guys aren't, some guys are, just because we drafted them. Do you care? I personally don't. I, I would cut a guy, but some coaches or some GMs might not, right? So it just, those are things you never truly know. And I think clearly Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov had a good relationship. They just, he couldn't pick the right players and Dan couldn't coach the players good enough. So that's, I think anytime we get, now we have two general manager jobs open with the Houston Texans. You Sometimes you forget Bill O'Brien was in charge of everything. And, uh, and the Atlanta Falcons. And I think that, these GM's jobs don't come open very often. The Texans have a quarterback under contract that you'd like to work with. The 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 Falcons do not, uh, and he makes an overpaid guy. But maybe he could be a bridge, you know, for your young guy. And let's face it, I'm watching college football on. You know, it, there's going to be three or four starting quarterbacks coming from every class moving forward. There's never been more guys throwing the football 40 plus times a game. The reps they have in high school, let alone in college, like. Like Andy Reid told me a couple years ago, he said, evaluating Mahomes, everyone thought because he played in a spread offense was hard. He's like, I found it easy. I just removed all the quick passes, right? Like the uh, quick wide receiver screens. And I watched every pass down the field. Well, if he's throwing 50, 60 times a game, if the quick screens, even if there are 10 of them, and he throws 55 you know, attempts in a game, and you remove 10, you still get to watch 45 passes. So you do the math. If you want to watch eight games... You, you get to watch a lot of evaluation period. When I was a kid in like the 90s, some of these offense, some of the guys would throw it 17 times a game. It was actually much more. It's never been easier. I'm watching Alabama. Mac Jones is throwing it every play. So the game's changed. The game's evolved. But the key is your relationship with your head coach. Like clearly Stefanski and uh, I forget the guy's name, the GM they just hired. Uh, what the hell is his name? Andrew Barry with the Cleveland Browns. Like they're on the same page. They, they, they really are. It looks like Matt Rule and uh, Marty Herney are working out well together. So if you get a good relationship and you hire a good coach, you have a chance for success. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted 
to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, I think it's natural. I mean, we're all humans to just, the more you get conditioned to life, to just take things for granted. Like every day, I'd imagine everyone listening just has food available, right? Either in your fridge or... If you pick it up and you just, when you go to the store and buy it, you're like, ah, it's going to be fine. I can eat it. Or you go pick up a burrito or pick up a salad. You never go, I'm going to get sick from this. You just open it up and eat away. And you're like, I feel good. You know, I mean, just, we we don't even think twice about it. You just do it. Right. And just, I just got in my car today, went to go drive uh, to this charity golf tournament. And just, I didn't have to walk. I don't have to take the bus. I literally just get in my car. Just basic things that some people don't have 
definitely you look at some, you know, third world countries and stuff, the transportation, roads. I mean, it's just pretty easy. Get on a freeway, boom, bang, I'm there. And I, I just think the more you see something in life, the more you take for granted. And, and definitely, I would imagine anyone with young children know, and my parents always try to do this to me, and one day I'll probably try to do it with my own parents, you know, children, is like conditioning to them that like, you're lucky to have this stuff. Take, take pride in this stuff. Take ownership in the room you have or the home we have or like this food, like I work for this or your parents work for this. It doesn't just, doesn't just appear, you know, we, we got it pretty good here. And I think sometimes in football, after a while, you can take for granted just how good something really is, right? And, and someone tweeted at me or Instagrammed me a while back and said, do you think that Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin are almost taken for granted? And it hit me when I was watching the Eagles Steeler game, which was really good. And I was like, yeah, I think they are. Because Mike Tomlin, in his worst year of his NFL career, has never finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Last year with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, found a way to finish 8-8. Eight and, eight. and he's a guy, and part of this is the more success you have in the sport of football, the more criticism you have. Instead of just being like, you know what? Mike Tomlin is 137-74 and 74 in his NFL career. A 650 winning percentage. He's above 500 in the playoffs at 8 and 7. Obviously, won a Super Bowl. But I think people just like, oh, it's just Mike Tomlin. Could we do better? No, you can't do better. Because when he's had a capable quarterback, now his defense rolling, this team's 4 0. They look fantastic. Obviously, they play the Browns this week. Huge game for the Brownies. I mean, biggest game in Cleveland Browns, you know, probably feels like history in the modern era. Honestly, I, I don't. I'm not trying to just say that. I'd have to really do a deep dive study. Is that fair to say? Like biggest game in their uh, modern since they came back to Cleveland? This is like just biggest game for the Steelers since last week. All Mike Tomlin does is play in big games. He played in for about a 10-year period with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, the best rivalry in the NFL. He plays in all these playoff games. Obviously, he he got beat by Belichick a decent amount, right? He's been beat by Belichick in... uh, I guess just once in the playoffs, it's showing me here. But it feels like the Belichick's beaten him a lot over his career. But Belichick beats a lot of people. Belichick's beat Andy Reid a couple times in the Super Bowl and in the AFC Championship. Like, that's not nothing to hang your hat on. I think Mike Tomlin is fantastic. Their team looks fantastic. Their defense is unreal. Kevin Colbert drafts every wide receiver he drafts, turns into a pro bowler. The Pittsburgh operation is really just a, the model of success probably behind Belichick. Since Mike Tomlin's been there, 10-6, and 12-4, and 9-7, 12-4, Then two down years at 8-8, 8-8, 11-5, 10-6, 11-5, 13-3. And two years later, he's 4-0 after the 8-8 eight eight season last year with no quarterback play. You know, just sometimes, and I, I don't think Steelers fans necessarily do, but sports fans, think how many teams in the NFL would trade their coach for Mike Tomlin. Think how good he is. Now, part of it might just be the operation, the combination of him and Kevin Colbert. But those guys, man, I, I just watched their team, the physicality. I mean, the Eagles gave everything they had. And the Eagles are fighting for just like their credibility back. They actually, I thought, played really hard. Their defensive line's good. Miles Sanders making plays. I Carson looked pretty good. Steelers just better. And they should be. I mean, they're they're much healthier. But, I, I mean, if you told me the Pittsburgh Steelers win the Super Bowl this year, I'd believe it. They have a fantastic defense. They have a dynamic offense. And if Ben can just stay erect, 
We know they have a good enough coach. Like they're, they're just their whole operation is just top notch, first class. They're just winners. That's just what they do. And I think sometimes we just it just happens. You know, it probably happens with Alabama football with Alabama fans. I'm sure it happens with like Yankee fans. You just take for granted the greatness. And I I, I wouldn't call the Steelers greatness. But they are just, and I know a lot of people in the media sector have given Tomlin a lot of shit. And he's a perfect coach? No, there is no perfect coach. But he's he's in the class of damn good, a guy that just wins all the time and wins pretty convincingly against really good teams in definitely over the last 10 years, 15 years, the most physical division in the league. So I, I got nothing but Mike Tom's respect for Mike Tomlin. And I'll promise you this, I don't take it for granted. Okay, let's get to a little Middlecoff mailbag. Really enjoy your show, the way you look at the game. Appreciate it. Was curious, everything we know about COVID-19 tells us 99% of guys in the NFL wouldn't get symptoms or would basically be a cold and that they'd be willing to bet money the majority of players would probably play through it. Anyways, why doesn't the NFL and the players just kind of say, screw it, we're not going to think about COVID, we're going to go out there and play the game we love, I know there would be players that don't buy into it, but I've always felt that you'd find guys to step up. 30% of these guys are undrafted to begin with, and I real really feel as long as you don't have a quarterback play drop-off, you'd really be fine with the output on the field or for fans. Maybe I'm delusional. I don't know. Just feel like we're out thinking the room when it comes to this virus when you break it into the raw numbers. Well, I, I think the majority of players just like the majority of younger people I know don't really give a shit about Corona. Like, they follow the rules, and they're doing everything you say, but they do not. Like, I don't think the majority of players in the NFL, I'm going to take an educated guess, are not scared of the virus. The overwhelming majority. Hell, a lot of them got it and hasn't faced. I know a lot of people that have got it and haven't faced them. People in their 20s and 30s. Now, there are a lot of older people on coaching staffs, right? There are several head coaches that are in their 60s, uh, not the healthiest of coaches. So I, I do think there is a mix of it's not just players, but the coaches and training staff. That's where I think it kind of gets into murky waters. Also, like, this is a business, and it's all about litigation and lawsuits, and, you know, some of these guys have families, and I, I think it's just more, it's, it's more complicated than that. I see what you're saying, uh, and this would be something the average media guy would be like, oh, my God! I honestly, when I go on social media, the actual media members are way more scared of Corona than any single human I know. And that includes a lot of people in their 70s. Hell, the people in their 70s that I know give less shits about Corona than like I do. And I, I'm on the low end. I don't care at all. I just, if you give me a rule, I'll follow it. Uh, I think most people in the NFL are just, they're just trying everything they can to get the season through. It's clearly not going to change. I, I hear what you're saying, but it's just, it just it is what it is. How do you feel about Bills OC Brian Dayball's resume? Before this offseason, he's never had an offense finish in the top 20 passing, scoring, or total offense. Prior to him having incredible talent, including Allen playing out of his mind, his offense had been, uh, largely been relegated to being mediocre. Given the nature of today's NFL, it's practically a given that if Allen can continue to look good this season, Dayball is bound to get a head coaching job. With that being said, do you feel like he's a quality candidate? In your opinion, where would you rank him amongst those due to recede head coaching offers? Well, let me, because I, I mentioned him earlier, let me bring up his resume. Pretty sure he's been the OC at Alabama. 
So that doesn't hurt, you know, having Saban, assuming Saban likes him, which I'm pretty sure he does. So let's just go his recent resume. He's the offensive coordinator now in his third year at with the Bills. He's going to get a lot of credit for the development of Josh Allen, whether it's true or not. Like, he, he just is. He's 45 years old. Then he was the co-offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for Alabama in 2017. So he's going to get a lot of credit for that. Then he was the tight end coach at New England for... He basically worked for the Chiefs, or excuse me, the Patriots from 13 to 16, then Bama, now with Josh Allen. Like, I I don't even need to look at the rest of his resume. That's pretty good. And uh, when you look at these guys that are getting hired, I I think the hard thing is you never know, right? Because more than likely he's going to go to a team that doesn't have a very good quarterback. I mean, he could get Matt Ryan, I guess. Uh, I don't know how good he is. I mean, Sam Darnold's in shambles. I think he's a solid candidate. I don't know him personally. I don't know much about him. I'm going to have to do research as this year goes on to get some more details. People I know that have been around him like him. But, I, I mean, I, I don't, I've never personally met him. At what point do we start questioning Kyle Shanahan as a coach? The consensus is that he has a great offensive mind, but Jimmy G seems to have regressed in this year under Kyle, and I'm really beginning to wonder if Kyle is a good coach or just a great offensive scheme guy. I know the Niners are crazy injured right now, but the Dolphins game was physically painful to watch as a lifelong diehard Niners fan. I, I can't disagree with the sense of the the Dolphins game. It was one of the most embarrassing performance I've ever seen. You're an eight-point favorite at home. It can't happen. Listen, he's not the defensive coordinator, but he's the head coach, and the moment you have a practice squad out, guy out there getting smoked by Ryan Fitzpatrick, you got to pull him out, and they refused to do that. So it was, an, it was the most embarrassing moment for Kyle Shanahan as the Niners coach. I think he, if he was sitting right here, I think he'd even admit that too. It was ugly. I don't think he's overrated, though. I mean, we just saw him last year dominate the league. I mean, he had, he played Mike Zimmer and Matt, and, uh, Matt LaFleur. Mike, Matt LaFleur? I think Mike's is on, actually, Kyle Staff. And he destroyed those two teams. I mean, ran it all over, just kicked their ass. And he was beating Andy in the Super Bowl. So, like, Andy beat Pete Carroll last year. He beat Sean Payton. You know, he had a lot of big games. He beat Sean McVay twice. Like, I, I think Kyle's pretty damn good. But he had an awful game. Sunday against the Bills. After watching today's game, I realized that Jimmy G probably doesn't care about winning. His press conferences doesn't seem to show him very upset. He has $80 million in the bank, but he also has one good season, and that is with Kyle calling perfect plays. With the season going south and Corona affecting the draft, is it possible to see the Niners' options at quarterback of the future? Maybe Matt Ryan? Thanks for both pods. Appreciate that. Uh, as I said earlier... Matt Ryan's dead cap is $50 million. He's not going anywhere. I, I think the moment Jimmy Garoppolo gets benched at halftime, the Niner, the quarterback watches on. Now, it doesn't mean Jimmy Garoppolo turns the season around, plays better. It could go away. But the moment that happened, like, I know Coward tweeted, like, Jimmy Garoppolo better reach out to his real estate agent. Like, there's just no disputing. When you, when you get benched at halftime and you're a starting quarterback, like, that's a problem. <laughs> and I, I just, there's just no way around it. It's just a... Uh, not a, not a good sign for the future. I want to know what you think of the Dak Prescott situation in Dallas now that he suffered a serious injury. I thought he made a huge mistake this last offseason by turning down the deal that Dallas offered because he's not an elite quarterback worth elite quarterback money. What's next for him and the Cowboys? Huge fan of the pod. Appreciate it. Yeah, I talked about it earlier. Uh, listen, we all make decisions, and decisions have consequences, good and bad. And definitely decisions have risk involved. That Most everything we do involves risk 
everything we do, a job we take, a girl we date, food we eat, I mean, everything we do involves risk. And when you talk about huge money and contracts in pro sports, like declining $100 million, like, bro, there's $31 million is cool, but there's a risk that you could shatter your ankle. And I think we kind of flippantly say that, like, hey, you know, there's a risk he gets seriously hurt. The majority of the time, the worst thing that happens is like an ankle roll or like a broken hand. Like, it's like, whatever. You shattered your ankle and your bone sticking out. Like, that's that's an awful, you know, outcome. But th- that was the risk he took when he did not take, you know, the long-term contract. Long-time listener... From originally from the Bay Area, Chesapeake Bay. Not a Browns fan, but I think it's become clear that Cleveland got it right with the Stefanski hire. God, you guys are all on the topics I've been talking about. I like it. From the sideline temperament to play calling, you could argue he's the closest Kyle Shanahan clone to date. In fact, he made Cleveland a must-watch team. I agree. That said, why was Cleveland seemingly the only team interested in hiring the guy as a head coach play caller? He was also their finalist last year before Ego Dorsey went Freddie Barf Paul DePodesta, who's taken a lot of shit over the years, lobbied the hardest for Stefanski, and Cleveland's GM, Andrew Barry, loved him as well. Of all the teams, why was Cleveland the only organization able to realize Stefanski had the goods? Does this suggest Cleveland's new front office is more cohesive, high-level, than people realize? Bet Minnesota, among other teams, wish they would have hired Stefanski and head coach in retrospect. I agree. I, I don't necessarily have an answer. I, I was thinking, like, God, I, I have a mutual friend in the league that is buddies with Stefanski. I was like, I think that'd actually be a cool podcast interview. I don't do that many of them, but I, I would like to talk to Kevin Stefanski, Ivy League guy, uh, former quarterback, kind of, you know, came up the hard way, didn't get a shot for a long time. I, I, I'm kind of fascinated by his plight. I don't, I honestly, I didn't know that much about him till last year. And like, yeah, I, I don't really have an answer for you. I just, I, I don't know. It's it's a great question. Why weren't more? Because like, listen, Eric Bieniemy, everyone's been talking about him, right? When Kyle Shanahan got the job, everyone had been talking about Kyle Shanahan. When Adam Gase became the head coach, people have been talking about Adam Gase forever. I don't think most of us had heard about Kevin Stefanski till last year. Do you think the inability to make proper adjustments on the defensive side exposes Robert Sala as a flawed defensive coordinator? His wide nine scheme didn't work against mobile quarterbacks. While I understand he had to blitz with Bosa and Ford out. I could not figure out why he doesn't have safety help for the new corner they promoted on Saturday. Also, what is wrong with the O-line issue? I thought Trent Williams, the line should be better, but the entire O-line now seems to be getting worse. Could you please provide me with the insight of what went wrong? I, I have no, There's. it's inexcusable to not help a practice squad player after he's getting burned play after play. I, I have no answer there. It's one of the most perplexing things I've watched as a football consumer for a good team in recent memory. I thought Robert Sala and Kyle Shanahan, I saw my buddy Matt Mayoko, who covers the Niners, went on this rant on Twitter and was like, and I, 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 I this is right, I blame Brian Allen. You, you can't, it's not the player's fault. The player is what he is. When you're a manager or when you're a coach and you put a guy in a position to do something, if you put a guy, a sales guy, on your number one account and he has no experience, don't be shocked when he fails. They put a practice squad guy out there, and they left him out there over and over and over again, and he got destroyed. Like, that's on the coaching staff, not on the player. The player's not any good. It's not He's not going to get miraculously better every snap. So you either yank him or get your ass kicked. The offensive line, I, I don't have an answer there. Trent Williams has really struggled the last couple games. 
McGlinchey is not living up to being a top 10 pick. And they're just getting their ass kicked up front. I mean, they're getting dominated. Diehard Cowboys fan and what happened to Dak on Sunday was terrible. Agree. The practical part of me says the season is over for the boys, but the optimistic, the optimist in me hopes that Nick Foles type story from the Red Rifle carrying the Cowboys to the playoffs with key players on defense hopefully coming back soon. How likely is it for this to happen? Also, McCarthy said they will definitely be signing another quarterback on Twitter. Who do you think Jerry tries to bring in? Chances Johnny Football. Sorry for the long question. I would say Johnny Football, if you followed him on Instagram or seen some of an Instagram, I would say that is 0%0%0000. He is, he's more likely, and listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cannabis stockholder and a uh, recreational user, so don't judge me. But, I mean, you watch him, you're like, eh, Johnny gets after it. So I, I would say, uh, and it's not, not just weed, but Johnny, no chance. I don't know who they'll sign. As you listen to this, they probably signed a quarterback. I I just think their offensive line is pretty banged up. And Dak, one thing Dak could do really well is move. And when you can't move, and Andy's a solid, I mean, he was a better athlete when he was younger. He's probably average at best now. It's going to be very, very difficult for him. Uh, but they do have star wide receivers. And Amari, Gallup, Zeke, CD. If you're a backup quarterback, I don't think you could ask for many more weapons. The, the weapons are there. I would say Foles-like run. Foles always came in at the end of the season, beside this year. So I, I would say that they could make the playoffs with Andy Dalton as a quarterback. That could also mean they go 7-9 and nine and make the playoffs. So thank God for the NFC East. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a great day. Uh, smile today. And uh, talk to you everyone soon. Adios. Godspeed. See you. <laughs>
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 